You're listening, you're listening to, to, to Not Your Average Culture, a podcast geared towards promoting less consuming and more doing, where I discuss topics related to dating, lifestyle, creatives, and entrepreneurship. This podcast will challenge you to open up your mind, think about things differently, and ask yourself, am I doing it for the culture or doing it for myself? I'm your host, Chardonnay. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Not Your Average Culture podcast. (laughs) Can I just first start with saying I cannot believe that it is March already? Like, where has time gone? Like, I feel like I have been nonstop busy since this year started. Now, (laughs) let me not complain. Like, I'm definitely blessed, but I'm just in disbelief that it's March already. So, um, let me see, let me see, where do I start? Updates, some updates with me. Um, I've been taking some time to, you know, make sure I am getting my self-care in. Um, I went to my annual, like, you know, doctor's visit to make sure everything is working properly and my body is functioning at its, you know, rate that it's supposed to be functioning at at this age or whatever I went to the dentist and got a cleaning and found out that one of my wisdom teeth were uh, going bad and they were going to have to pull it and I said look doc if you got to pull one just pull them all because I don't want to keep coming back for this so I had the rest of my wisdom teeth pulled um I Ended a contract, transitioned into a new contract with a different company, um, doing some stuff. So I am excited. I still have a job, have a job, you know, the life of a freelance creative person is this contract life is, yeah. (laughs) So I'm happy about that. Your girl is employed. Um, and portfolio, I got my portfolio together. I'm so excited about that. It's not 100% where I want it to be, but, um, you know, as a creative, you know, you're, you always have room to grow and continue to add on to it. But, um, I'm happy that I finally actually have a portfolio and it feels good. Um, the main reason why I have a portfolio is because I recently applied um, to the Adobe Creative Residency. So I spent a lot of time at the beginning of the year um, working on my proposal for that and getting my portfolio together. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. For those of you who don't know what the Adobe Creative Residency is, um, I'll include a link to the FAQ play page in the show notes. But um, it's a program offered to um, uh, creatives. And basically what it is, is you get a year to devote towards whatever creative project that you want. And you get mentors from Adobe. You get a salary, healthcare benefits. But the biggest thing is you get to work on whatever project that you want for a year with, with the backing of Adobe. And I think that's really dope. So Um, I haven't heard anything yet, but I am keeping my fingers crossed. Um, And with that being said, uh, this week's topic falls under the creative category. And I got a chance to sit down with Genevieve and we talked about more programs for creatives and women organizations and just women empowerment. And I thought everything that we talked about in this episode was so fitting for the month that we're in. We are in Women's History Month. So um, it was pretty dope that everything that we touched on was just so fitting for the time and the space that we're in right now. So without further ado, I won't give you all the details. Let's get into this episode. Now, before I get into asking you a million questions mm-hmm. and getting all up into your personal business, um, I usually like to tell listeners like how I met the person that I'm interviewing. Yeah. Um, so basically, everyone, I met Genevieve when I was at a women's sound off event. 
and we were at a Creativity is Contagious workshop, and she mentioned that she was a part of Baycat, and as everyone knows, like, I'm really into sharing resources and programs that are beneficial to other people um, as far as getting into, like, the creative field, because that's currently what I'm doing. I am out here dream chasing uh, my goal of being a creative director, so... Um, without further ado, let's get into this interview. Um, Genevieve, can you explain with listeners a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do? Yeah. Um, hi, I'm Genevieve, uh, Genevieve Leighton Arma. Um, my, I grew up, I'm an East Bay native, um, first generation. My parents are immigrants. Um, let's see what else. So I am the Academy Coordinator here at Baycat. Um, Baycat is the Bayview Hunters Point Center of Arts and Technology. Um, I'm also just involved in the Baby Hunters Point community a lot as well. And um, in general, I just support arts and people of color winning in the Bay Area. So, um, yeah, that's that's me. That's what's up. So can you explain um, a little bit in more detail exactly what Baycat is for everyone? Yeah. Um, so Baycat is this really dope, forward-thinking social enterprise um, so let me break apart social enterprise for people. Um, so it's a nonprofit, um, but it's essentially run like a business. So we have an in-house studio. Um, it has a production company, and we do media for socially conscious clients, um, organizations like uh, United Way of the Bay Area, um, the Boys and Girls Club, uh, YMCA, um, Recology is like the the trash company in San Francisco, um, San Francisco Public Utilities. We do a lot of videos for um, other nonprofits. Um, our biggest client is the Warriors. We do their Black History Month videos, um, their Women's History Month videos, and their LGBTQ and Limits video. So that's our studio side. So all that money we get from different organizations to create um, socially conscious videos for them goes into our after-school program and our academy services. So we have an after-school program for um, low-income kids of color in San Francisco, um, ideally specifically from the Bayview Hunters Point area. They come to our space. Um, we teach them filmmaking, graphic design, and music production. Um, the goal is to kind of give them a taste of if they're into this and they're creative and they see themselves doing this as a career, then they continue to come back to us and we work with them on their skills. And ideally, hopefully, we get them scholarships or we help them find out what colleges they want to go to or even help them with the rigorous, weird, strange process that's like the high schools in San Francisco. Um, and then we also have an internship for young adults, 18 to 25. Um, well, that one is specifically focused around filmmaking. So people of color... Um, women that want to get more involved in the uh, fi filmmaking industry. And so why I'm mentioning people of color and um, uh, filmmaking industry is because traditionally the filmmaking industry is very very heavily white male. Mm -hmm. um, and we know that now because it's, it's trendy for us to kind of talk about these things, about how we would like to see ourselves more represented in uh, certain areas. But our founder, Vili Wong, has been thinking about this for over 20 years. Um, so it's nice to be in, in a space where it's really forward thinking and we're conscious of how we can end racism through storytelling. I mentioned to you earlier um, yeah, so that's our space. That's what we do here. We do workshops for um, the community as well. We're just centered around digital media. So any way we can uh, shift someone in the right direction, if that's what they're interested in, to hopefully have a career and be self-sustainable, that's what we're about. I love that. Love, love, love it. Now, um, as I was speaking to you earlier, is Baycat is only here for San Francisco-based residents, right? Yeah, correct. So we... Um, I mentioned we have a studio, but we also have a grants and development team who are continually writing grants for us to be able to keep the doors open. All of our programming is free to the community. Um, we pay our interns. Um, so, yeah, we also separately have a grant and development side that's uh, continually writing us, trying to get uh, money and um, funds to keep our services open. So, um, sorry, I was on a rant and realized I'd... <laughs> Don't know what your question was. No, it's fine. Okay. I was just asking um, if Baycat was just specifically for the Yes, Bay Area. okay, yeah. So that's why I was going with this. So, yes, yeah, so we specifically serve San Francisco residents based on our funding mm -hmm. um, and where our founder originally saw the need. Um, but we're seeing a lot of places where we refer people to if they don't particularly live in San Francisco um, mm -hmm. or if they're out of our age range. Um, there's other organizations like Bay Vac. 
Um, that's the Bay Area Video Coalition. Mm-hmm. Um, they help all ages. Um, uh, they're sliding scale, so they're not free, but um, it's definitely a resource for people if they're interested in this and they don't fit within our um, specific demographics of um, who we've told these grants and funders that we're going to serve. Um, there's also Youth Radio. Shout out to Youth Radio. Youth Radio is um, a dope organization, um, an umbrella arm of NPR um, out of Oakland. They've been doing awesome things for over 30 years. Some of the people that we all probably look up to in the Bay came out of there. Um, some of my favorites came out of there. Um, OG Penn is an awesome writer for KQED. He mm-hmm. came out of uh, Youth Radio. Uh, Trackademics, who made everyone's favorite um, anthem out of the Bay, Tell Me When to Go. <laughs> he came out of uh, Youth Radio. What? Um, one of his good friends, uh, they have a collective called the honor roll a lot of them came out of there went away k um and now we're even seeing the next wave of kids so that's even like um i am sue and kuya beats a lot of hbk members came out of there they're all um, bay area musicians now that are really successful actually so um all these awesome programs in the in the area around digital media have definitely been influential as to how um some of the biggest stars now that are coming out of the Bay work with, like as far as producers or creative directors, or um, a lot of them start, start out in these programs that you're seeing uh, now. Nice. Yeah. Now, how, now I know you said you do a lot of outreach with, you know, informing these kids about specific, specifically Bay Cat. So what does a typical day look like for you um, with outreach and everything else that you have going on? Yeah, I mean, I guess there's no, it's cliche to say, but there's no typical day, you know. Um, I get here around 1030. Um, I'm usually checking emails for that first hour, just getting back to any parents or people in the community that had questions about our services. And we also get inquiries about a lot of other things. People are confused with our style. Or if we hire our st- your studio, are kids making the videos? No. Um, if you're hiring us for our studio services, those are adults that have gone to college or studied various areas of media and now are professionals working over the age of 18. Most of them are in their 20s and their 30s mm-hmm. um, that have been doing this for a really long time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, a lot of my day is spent... Um, onboarding people too. I'm uploading from our site um, all the people that apply to our programs. Um, I'm contacting counselors and other organizations in the Bayview and in San Francisco um, to come speak at their schools and talk about these services. Um, Then I'm sitting in meetings. I'm checking in with my boss. I'm checking in with instructors, um, making sure that the lesson plans are set. We're ready to go for the day. Um, Everyone knows how to support the kids. We also review like behavior. Um, We check in about certain things. Um, I'm the family liaison as well. So maybe I might know something that an instructor might not know. There's a time where we all check in and kind of make sure we're all on the same page as how to support these kids. They're coming from low income communities. So we know they're coming with some type of baggage, um, unfortunately. So we want to just make sure that we can support them. This is a a really nurturing but supportive and creative environment. So Mm -hmm. um, a lot of what I do is, yeah, the outreach in the community, talking to people consistently about our services so they know um, why we're here and who we're here for, um, keeping those relationships alive, building that rapport with people that we're already close with, um, and then kind of setting us up for the next season. So um, we do this per term. So right now we're in the spring term, but I'm doing outreach for the summer now. Nice. Um, and I'm also thinking <laughs> already a little bit in the 2020 about like what I want the next year to look like and how, how we can kind of make things fresh or creative for and challenge the kids that have been coming back to us as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so not never really a normal day, but it's a lot of um, emails and calls and check-ins with people just to make sure that like a lot of the logistical stuff is happening um, so the instructors and the rest of our staff can do what they need to get done. Cool. Now, I know you mentioned, um, you said people reach out to you and they say, are these kids making the videos or who's making it? So since you all have professionals here on deck making the videos and the content, uh, are the kids kind of able to shadow them as they do that? Or do you all have classes separate from that where the kids can, you know? Yeah, good question. So we have a, the after school program in particular is for middle school and high school students. Mm -hmm. And then separately, we have a studio internship for 18 to 25 year olds. Um, so the youth classes, they might do a one-off interaction or workshop with Mm -hmm. um, some of our studios. So Ryan is an awesome, um, cinematographer and editor for our studio. He does a drone workshop with our kids every term. Mm. Um, We also have Jose, who has been here for almost a decade. He's our senior producer. He's always been a strong helping hand to any of the technical stuff that the kids have needed support around. Um, But they have their direct instructors as well. Um, 
So yes, I guess the studio is definitely more intertwined with our internship, the 18 to 25 year old group that I'm talking about. Gotcha. Um, so depending on what area of media that the kids are in, or the young adults rather are interested in, um, then they might have a touch point with a different person on our studio. So if they're into the pre-production part, if they're into a lot of the planning, um, then they're meeting with our studio manager and they're meeting with our um, creative producer to kind of work through what the logistics are before they get to an actual shoot. Mm-hmm. If they're interested in the production part, then they're working closer with um, Ryan and Jose, who I mentioned, um, once they're on an actual shoot of how you're technically supposed to set up for the shoot, what lighting equipment you need. Um, they're also working a little bit with Sanite, our creative producer, about like how to interview people and when to slow down for something or when you need to ask them to repeat it or mm-hmm. kind of more things like that. Um, if they're interested in after the project's been done, after it's been shot, after the planning has happened, if they want to learn how to tell that cohesive story through editing, then they're sitting with our awesome editor, Jade. Um, Jade has been um, even asked to speak at, a Do- at an Adobe conference in uh, Vegas. So we definitely have yeah. a strong team. Yeah. We have a really strong team of um, awesome studio creatives that are, are down to make these really dope videos for the community, but also help these kids that are going to be the next generation to kind of keep this uh, wheel going that we want to create of self-sufficiency and telling these uh, stories and having them be represented properly. I bet, like, you, like, just from you giving me the tour, I'm like, wow, like, you all have it going on in here. You have the whole works. Like, yeah. I was shocked that you all, like, had a drone, like, full, like, yes. Yeah, like, no, it's definitely... Uh, I'm I'm really proud that Villy's always kind of had the standard of like it needs to be the industry standard, you mm-hmm. know, like yeah, we'll take your used equipment if it's what they're still using in the industry right, right now. But unfortunately, if they're not, then we're not really setting our children up for success if we're teaching them on something that was built in 1990. Exactly. Um, so if we're not teaching them on the newest Macs with the newest DSLRs, with the newest um, C100s, um, then essentially like we're not really fully setting them up for success to be able to do something in the near future. Um so yeah, I'm I'm just really grateful for the space and the understanding that like sometimes maybe that means we sacrifice getting new floors because it's important to make sure we have these high quality mics to be able to kind of get this audio that we need. Or right. maybe we're learning that it's um, there's it's it's getting really popular to do event capture and we want to incorporate that into um, our studio. So maybe we get um, what we call a gimbal, which is like mm-hmm. this uh, kind of stabi- stability thing when you're holding a camera. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just grateful for the space and I'm always forward thinking in that way. I love that because it's, it's, it makes sense, you know, when you're in school, why not learn on the actual thing that you're going to be working on in the real world? Mm -hmm. Don't give me some toy to play with. Give me the real deal. So I love that. Um, now outside of Bay Cat, Mm -hmm. um, back to where I first met you at a women's sound off event. I know we were supposed, first off, everyone, this was like a workshop where we should have been doing like work or whatever, but I was just so amazed with like all the people that were in the room. Like so many people were just working on like dope stuff. Um, the workshop was called creativity is contagious and it was for people to kind of just meet and figure out what other people need Mm -hmm. or what you can provide to other people and just a space where people can hold each other accountable and build that relationship and just work on stuff Mm -hmm. um but i know what women's sound off is but can you explain a little bit about what it is and how you got involved with it because it's pretty dope yeah no women's sound off has definitely been like a nice passion uh, project from Carmina and Van. Well, not a passion project for them. Let me backtrack. Um, <clears throat> yeah, no, Women Sound Off is a really dope, awesome, like, women-founded company, and I'm really grateful to be a part of it. Um, I got connected to them last year um, through my friend Carmina, who's one of the founders. Carmina and I met, oh, almost a decade ago, working mm-hmm. downtown at a clothing store. Um, and it's funny because, like, she was never happy when we were working there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just kind of, like, loosely stayed in touch on social media. Um, and then maybe, like, a couple years ago, I realized, like, oh, wow, she's really gotten her foot, like, into this DJing thing. And she looks really happy, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so when I um, saw that her and Vance had created Women Sound Off, I knew that I had to support my girl. Um, you know, like, uh, I think we're in Women's History Month. I've been talking a lot with people about... Um, what it means to support women. And it's yes. not just like posting on social media or Girl. like preaching <laughs> about what you're going to do. It's that action, you know? So, mm-hmm. and that's something I'm about is if you ask anybody that's my friend, they know that I'm a solid friend and it's because I really support people when it's necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, so this for me is first was about supporting my friend. 
Um, if, if I've watched them be a little unhappy for so long that I, I, when I saw the glow and the joy on their face and kind of this, like, renewal of life come back into her, I knew that this was something that, like, um, not only was she passionate about, but, like, was so passionate about that I know that it would be successful. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so the, I got involved by just volunteering the first time. Um, I was helping with the events and operations. Naturally, it's just been something that's always in me to support with, like, decorating and making sure things run correctly. Mm-hmm. Um since middle school, I've always been in, like, leadership. I've always been, like, the vice president or president of my class from, like, mm-hmm. middle school to high school, um, which was a lot of event planning, like, planning the proms and the boat crews and the rallies. Um, so it's, it's also something that's just naturally been in, in me. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I see friends doing dope things, I know that's my natural way that I can support as well um, yeah. because it's something that comes too easy to me, and I realize it doesn't come easy to other people. Yeah. Um, so back to Women's Sound Off, though. So when I helped last year... Um, they got a sponsorship from um, Glossier, which is the makeup company. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had uh, decided that, like, we'll give you X amount of products if you can uh, incorporate some of our products into a bathroom display. Um, so it was my job to figure out how do we decorate the bathrooms at Starline, which is, like, this dope social club in Oakland. Um and my thing has always kind of been nature. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to take on, like, doing some type of floral installation in the bathroom. Um, I also that day helped um, the um, our, the stage designer. Mm-hmm. Um, her name is Allie Magden. She's an um, installation artist out of Oakland. Okay. Um, originally from Berkeley, I believe. Um, but she gave me this. We had an instant connection. Um, and she really gave me the motivation I needed to, like, take this seriously after helping with the first woman sound off. Um, and so, yeah, the, the bathrooms were dope, they were, like, decked out in flowers around the mirrors. It was, like, really dainty. You felt like you were kind of walking into this, like, garden of a bathroom. <laughs> um, so that was my first kind of touch in, like, leadership role with Women's Sound Off. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this year I'm coming back as, like, Carmina's right hand. Um, we're handling all of the, like, operations together. Um, a lot of the, like, de- decoration is uh, direction from me. Um it's been a year since the last one almost, and I've gotten a lot of interesting gigs from it too. So I, I guess I want to say that like volunteering with Women's Sound Off has definitely been mutually beneficial. Like it definitely was uh, originally about me supporting my friend, mm-hmm. um, but it's grown into something more than that for sure. Like it's led to me feeling confident to do other um, like events and decorations. Another organi- another collective I work with a lot is uh, Wine and Bow Ties. Um, they throw a lot of the concerts and dope like highlighting of artists in the Bay Area um, and. Okay. Wine and bow ties, yeah. I gotta check that out. Um, so yeah, so it, it uh, it's been a really nice journey with Women Sound Off, and I've I've even found friendship in Vange, who's the other founder. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and it's it's actually even brought a lot of other like all the volunteers were so close now, and it's it's this really nice, cool like girls club of people that just like go hard for each other and mm-hmm. really support each other. Um, and and yeah, it's also taught me a lot of things separately from that about like you might there might be two people that we don't necessarily get along. Mm-hmm. Um, but we both have a skill set that's going to get the job done, right. you know? So I, I also want to speak to that, too. As women, we always think, like, oh, it's either, like, we like each other or we don't. But I think there can be some mutual grounds where it's just a level of respect. Like, maybe yeah. I don't fuck with you personally, but I appreciate what you bring to the table Girl. as far as, like, what I'm trying to get done. Exactly. Um, so I know that was a tangent to say how I got involved with Women's Sound Off, but I just think there's been so many wonderful things that I've learned and have grown out of that situation that I'm just grateful to Carmina and Vange for really deciding that, like, oh, shit, the, media, the music industry is male as fuck, and we need to work on changing that. And so I'm glad that, um, you know, we're, we're, we're not even asking for a seat at the table anymore. We're building our own tables, mm-hmm. you know? Like, we're, we're building our own tables and chairs, and we're eating our own food, and we're not necessarily even worried about if we have a seat at the table anymore. Yes. Um, so it's just beautiful to see and be a part of that, because I, I know that, like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to continue to grow and be something bigger than we could ever imagine. Right. So it's nice to kind of be riding that wave with women that get it and understand that we need more representation, especially in music. For sure. And to rewind on something that you mentioned, you said um, you had to also learn that it may be someone that you don't necessarily mess with, but you can still work with them. I love that, especially for this month that we're in for Women's History is because... Um, there's been similarly like there's some people that I may not talk to on a daily basis, but I may see a cool project that they're working on and I'll reach out and say, hey, like I can help you with X, Y and Z. Like I know we haven't talked in a while, but 
let me help you out because it's like we're all at the end of the day we're all people we all have like our dreams and our goals but if you see that you can help someone out why not Mm -hmm. you know so I absolutely love that like sometimes you just have to get over your ego and be like look I see what you're doing I love what you're doing let me support you because you just never know what can come from it for sure and it's funny that you mentioned that too because um I, I know you're still new to the Bay Area but I feel like there's this strange like energy where everybody supports everybody (laughs) it's not even like like, really a competition everybody wants to see everybody win you know like i was Um, telling i was telling sorry to cut you off no 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 i was telling my best friend my best friend's coming out here this month and i was like it's a different it's like such a different vibe where it's like you cannot even know someone, but you'll feel like you know them because it's like, they're like, oh, what are you working on? Oh, that's dope. Listen, let me tell you about this, this, and this for mm-hmm. this. And I'm like, it's just like such a, a welcoming vibe. And I'm like, yeah, I think I picked like a good spot to uh, venture out into. I think it's also because a lot of the like creativity stems out of the West Coast, specifically the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, if we're on this tip of, of building our own tables then if we build the table right, that everybody has a seat. Exactly. You, you know what I mean? So we can all eat, you know? We're not exactly. necessarily concerned about, like, yeah, I, I think um, it's nice to, I mean, separately from that comment, like, it's nice right now because you're seeing women on the internet rooting for each other or people that are from the same background starting to root for each other. And, like, that's that's new and trendy, you know? Yeah. And, and I appreciate that, like, kind of, I mean, I don't appreciate, what am I trying to say about this? Like, mm. It's important that we're doing that, you know, Mm -hmm. because I think um, for a while, like when I was growing up, like especially places where I was the only black girl, if there was another black girl that walked into the room, it was like a weird competition, Mm -hmm. you know. But and now it's like I'm not in competition with anybody else, you know. Look, let me let me yeah, like hey, what's up? Like I see you, girl. Like oh yeah, we are the only ones here, you know. Um, so I so I I guess I'm saying in between like barrier culture naturally and kind of just the way the rest of the world is kind of at right now. I appreciate this like we're cheering everybody on together, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, And I mean, I separately, I think part of me is uh, because I'm an immigrant. My dad's from Ghana. And uh, one of the like most famous African proverbs is it takes a village. Um, And if if it's if it takes a village, then that means sometimes like I'm looking out for your children. You're looking out for mine. So or I'm looking out for your grandmother and you're looking out for my aunt or maybe your father takes all of us to school. You know what I mean? So it's uh, mm. You you could you could do you could do okay things by yourself. You can be successful by yourself, but you can do fantastic things and be wonderful and a dope citizen if you do things with other people. You know exactly. what I mean? Like you can be ten times better with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just appreciate that kind of like collaborative nature that's in the Bay Area. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know yeah. if I. But no, like even it was another part you said. Um, you seen that your friend that she was um, just a lot more happy with her pursuing her thing. Yeah, I think just. Like, people glow differently in general when you are pursuing something that you're interested in. And that's why, like, me, like, like when people are like, you're going to move to the Bay Area without a job? Like, what are you thinking? I'm mm-hmm. like, but I'd rather chase something that I know that I'll be happy with doing opposed to just settling for something that I won't be happy with doing. Because at the end of the day, you spend 50% of your time at home and then 50% of your time at work. So it's like, you might as well like what it is that you're doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Uh- I think there's some, like, privilege to acknowledge within that, though. You know what I mean? It's something, like, uh, that you have to, have, like, have a little bit of, like, luxury to be able to do. You know? Mm-hmm. People of color don't not necessarily have that luxury to be like, hey, I want to I wanna pursue directing or I want to pursue being a musician exactly. because there's bills to pay. We got to keep a roof over our head. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's other people you're providing for. So, like, uh, it, I, I think this is a really exciting time where you don't need to go to college. You don't necessarily need to even, like have some type of formal education or a mm-hmm. certificate or something. Um, there are so many creative ways of getting into different industries that you actually enjoy and like. Mm-hmm. It's about just sitting with yourself for a little bit and figuring out that pathway. Exactly. Um, because it's important. You know, it's actually, I feel like, a big form of self-care, you know, that we don't even think of. Like, it's not the bubble baths and candles. It's like <laughs> it's like really sitting with yourself and your emotions and being at peace with, like, how you're maneuvering in the world. Girl, yes. Speaking of that, with education, uh, I want to move on to my next question that I have for you. I did my research, and I know initially you went to school for criminal justice and minored in, like, ethnic studies. How and when did you get so heavily involved within, like, the creative community? Yeah. 
Um, I think, let's see, I, I'm, yeah, it's so interesting because I'm always at like an art show or at a gallery opening or someone's reception and I didn't realize how much like arts has always been within me. Mm-hmm. I keep going back to that, like I'm a child of immigrants and like, uh, both my, my dad's from Ghana that I mentioned, but my mom's from the Caribbean and both cold, um, she's from Dominica specifically. Um, but both cultures are so rich in dress, in food, in, yeah. in music, in art, you know? So it's. I every I grew up every weekend my mom playing music in the house. Mm. Um, I grew up with my father appreciating appreciating like different types of like African art. Um, so so I guess it's something that just came natural to me that I ended up in all these like art scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even actually really even consider myself an artist um, until last year um, after doing Women's Sound Off. But uh, so yeah, I guess I don't know. It's just naturally been something. I've found myself in. There are always cool art spaces and art scenes in the Bay Area um, that are heavily filled with people of color, um, which I'm realizing now is something that's, like, very unique to the Bay Area. Yeah. Um, but uh, backtracking to my career, like, yeah, like, I, since high school, I knew I wanted to be a juvenile judge. Um, and I still do want to be that. I'm actually studying to take the LSAT right now. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So uh, for me, even being at Baycat, or let me backtrack. So, like, I knew I wanted to be a juvenile judge. Um, I went to SF State, studied criminal justice. Um, while I was doing that, I took some ethnic studies classes and realized, like, oh, San Francisco State is the first ethnic studies uh, college in the United States. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I should get a, a minor in that at the very least. Yeah. Too many of my ancestors have, like, fought to make this happen. I, I should pursue it a little bit. Right. Um, dabbling in that realm, I got really interested in Native American um, history. Um, ended up getting a minor in Native American laws. Um, Worked um, in Alameda County um, in their social services department for a while um, and decided, oh, this problem is way bigger than the system. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm just keep keeping people stagnant in their situations. And I kind of want to um, give them an opportunity to be self-sufficient. I use that word a lot because if, if people of color are more self-sufficient, we wouldn't necessarily care how white people maneuver, how, how other people maneuver. If we could make our own decisions and they weren't necessarily made for us, then like we would have the upper hand that we're kind of like, marching in the streets for or complaining about with our friends or annoyed with our our circumstances mm-hmm. you know um if we had that self self sufficiency um to make our own decisions about what doctors we want to go to or what jobs we want to have or what food we want to eat mm-hmm. um then life would be a lot easier so for me i knew um if i can work with kids young kids that are like seen by society as quote unquote bad mm-hmm. um then we can we can kind of start to ref- like click the refresh button on the issue for the next generation right um so studying criminal justice has always been a passion of mine working at baycat baycat is the type of like diversion program i want to have in a juvenile center so that's my reason for being here is just um studying under this dope leadership of how to make that happen nice. um what they say no to what they say yes to <laughs> um how what, what operation styles we do use is all me just kind of researching for when I'm a juvenile judge um, what I want to implement in a county. I love that. Um, yeah, and I mean, for me, it's like um, going off of the criminal justice and uh, wanting to be a juvenile judge. Like, my passion is in that because of what um, I had and what I'm realizing that, like, most black people in America don't have. I had two loving parents that are still together, um, that made good money, that supported me in school, were at all my events, mm-hmm. um, put me and my sister in every single sport that you can imagine, um, still call me to this day twice a day and tell me how much they love me. Um, we kick it every weekend. You know, like, I had that solid family foundation, Mm -hmm. which allowed me to have solid friendships outside of that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just grew up with an immense amount of support. And so I'm realizing that most Black people in America don't grow up with that. Most people of color don't grow up with that. Mm -hmm. We grew up with mental issues in our house. We grew up with trauma. We grew up with sexual abuse, domestic abuse. Um, We grew up with pain, pain, watching people die in our streets, you know? Like, um, there's just so much that I didn't experience that when I realized, like, oh, shit, what it's really like to grow up as a Black person in America, it's difficult. And I want to support that and give people what I had in my home. Um, So if you're a drug dealer at the age of 16, you already know how to run a business. Exactly. You are just doing it in the wrong place. So how do I redirect that skill set when you come into my courtroom um, into something that's going to make you a viable citizen that's going to help you be self-sufficient because I know if you're self-sufficient in your community that dollar is going to go past you you're going to support your cousins you're going to support your grandparents you're going to be able to help another person outside of yourself so it ends up becoming this dope ecosystem and this cycle of us like just getting each other out of these situations and bringing us back to that self-sufficiency that I keep uh, coming back to yeah even just like 
producing that generational wealth. Like when <coughs> that's a, another reason why I'm yeah. so big on yeah. what I'm doing now is because if I share, you know, these programs or things that are out here for us, the next person won't have to figure out like what do I have to do in order to get there. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, well, she already gave me the a few resources yes. or things to look at. Let mm-hmm. me just look and then see what happens from there. Yeah, so. no, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because I feel like my theme this week has definitely been like, how do I give the interns the cheat code? <laughs> like, how do I let them like get through like kind of maneuver through the mess that I had to deal with without going through that. And I ultimately, I don't, I'm kind of landed in this in-between position of like, um, a baby or a child has to touch the stove to know it's hot. Mm-hmm. Right. If I, I can tell you it's hot hella times. Mm-hmm. If you, if you don't want to believe me and you still touch it, then you will know that it is a hot <laughs> stove that you should not touch. Right. So I think there are certain things that people have to, I'm saying not to say, uh, people have to go through things themselves sometimes, but ultimately if I can tell you and you remember, Oh yeah, that's what Jenny meant by that. That's what Jenny meant by I'm going to be the first person of color in this space, even with this uh, film degree or with this background. Mm -hmm. So I need to learn how to um, check my behavior so it doesn't end up being a detriment to me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I guess, like, I I would love to give the kids, young adults, the cheat code to certain stuff. Like, you don't have to be bitter about certain things. Like, I I also grew up being very, like, I need to tell everybody the truth about everything. Mm-hmm. So in my adult life, I'm like, oh, this is weird that I'm just, like, smiling in my face, smiling in your face, even though you've, like, done something that's pressed me, or, like, I know that you shouldn't have maneuvered in that way, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, um, I'm going on a tangent, but I think it's all, it's, yeah, it's all it's all helpful and relevant. Yeah, for sure. Uh, now, moving on to my next question that I have, from your experience of working within this industry, were there any myths or assumptions that you had before working in this field that you have personally experienced otherwise? Myths in the filmmaking industry or like yeah, the profit industry or in like like media the, industry? In like the creative and media industry, for instance, like were you concerned about how you would apply what you've learned in criminal justice through the arts or yeah. have you personally or anyone else ever questioned or doubted a project that you were working on, but you've experienced like a completely different outcome? Hmm. I mean, I think this goes back to, like, the privilege I have. I've just had such a strong support system. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there are times where people have, like, questioned certain things, and maybe I've been frustrated about it, but it's ultimately stuff I already knew I wanted to fix. Right. So so, so I don't necessarily know if there's been a time where I didn't feel, like, confident to be able to do something. Mm-hmm. But I think that goes back to, like, the really strong support system that I have. Mm-hmm. You know, I have too many people rooting for me in my corner to, like, feel down for too long or, or depressed or be, like, frustrated about how someone, like, talked to me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I'm, I'm lucky in that way. Yeah. And, and I want to, like, name that and call it and say that that's a different type of privilege that I know that, like, people are sitting right now with their insecure thoughts and, like, in depression. And it's, like, uh, you, you can work out of that, you yeah. know? Like, it, it's, it's like people of color, we don't realize the, like, strength that we have within us. You know, like, yeah. so many of us in our families, it's, like, taboo to go to therapy and stuff. And I, and I kind of, like get it a little bit because we have what everything we need within us you know mm-hmm. when you go into a therapist they're just helping you work through like yeah. your own thoughts and things and i appreciate it i think therapy is necessary for people mm-hmm. um but i also think like people of color definitely have it in us to like tap into our own t- intuition and our own yeah. thoughts and like find that inner peace you know and, I, and i'm mentioning inner peace because i don't think it's always going to be happy Right. And, and but I don't think it should always be sad i think you should be able to feel an emotion and sit with it and then also bring yourself back to that like centered piece for what that means for you Mm -hmm. but I think that speaks volumes to like where you are in the space that you're in the fact that you say like you know I have this privilege of coming from a supportive family that just speaks volumes to like the people like if you don't come from a supportive family that means okay well if I don't have that background it's like my friends or whatever I surround myself with let me make sure that these people are supportive like you have to be with me like we have to be rooting for each yeah. other and encouraging each other because if you come from something that's torn apart why would you want to put yourself around a bunch of dysfunctional people as well so yeah it's, but I, I think it's a lot of like self-reflection and work to realize that mm-hmm. even even just that in itself like yeah. oh maybe the people I'm around are toxic yeah. you know um especially if they're your own family you know yeah. and, and if you're a child maneuvering that it's really difficult to see mm-hmm. um but yeah I I I think it is about your support system. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that foundation that you set, that scaffolding, you know, helps you to build that foundation. For sure. Um, 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, as you know, I'm a creative, and when I briefly met you at the event, I explained how I was looking into Bay Cat at one point and to expand on my videography skills. However, what I didn't share with you is my personal long-term goal is to be a creative director or producer mm-hmm. within the tech, media, or beauty industry. Well, I did share it with you when I got here. Yeah. We got a tour <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But um, I'm interested in working on a creative team at one of those industries because I want to produce more positive narratives and images of minorities and people of color. And I also like sharing resources and opportunities. Um, So, like, this podcast is one of my ways of doing that and taking strides toward that goal. So, similarly, I know outside of work, uh, you were an artist in residence. Mm -hmm. So, can you share with me more about that project and, like, how... Yeah, I mean, and that, I think, is a wonderful, like, segue into, like, how these two worlds collided. Like, I got that confidence to be able to consider myself an artist from Women Sound Off. And I had the structure of how to, like, present my projects um, to a Smithsonian Museum from Baycat. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like I mentioned, it's a very well run nonprofit. We're like really deep in the Google suite. We use like the calendar for every meeting, we use <laughs> um, all of the Google Docs. And uh, I think it was really helpful when I decided, like, okay, um, the Museum of African Diaspora had. Um, reached out to us for a project that Big Cat had decided, like, unfortunately, we don't have the time to take on. Mm-hmm. Um, but the suggestion from my supervisor was, like, hey, I know you've been, like, pursuing art on your personal time. Like, if you want to pitch something to them that Big Cat can support minimally, then I'd, I'm saying go for it. Um, so the idea actually came from my supervisor oh, um, nice. at the time. Yeah. Um, and so Moad had hit us about... Uh, Moad is a museum of African diaspora. They had hit uh, Big Cat up for a project. Um and I said, hey, unfortunately, like, at this time, we're not able to support, but I'd actually love to support you personally. Okay. Um, I'm a disposable camera artist. I've been taking disposable pictures for, like, over 15 years now. Um, and I wanted to do more, like, organizational art is what I guess I'll, I'll call it. Mm-hmm. Um, just organizing in the community. So I did a month series with the MOAD around, um, it was called uh, Jenny's Healing Through Art. Mm. So we explored representation. We explored... Um, or healing through representation, um, healing through um, preparation, um, healing through music, um, and what was the other one? Gosh, I can't think of it off the top of my head. But the whole thing was around um, healing through art. Um, so I just wanted to give this community tools that have helped me. Like, I mentioned my mom used to blast uh, Caribbean music in the morning on the weekends, and I didn't necessarily realize how, like, strangely therapeutic that was growing up, mm-hmm. you know? Um so Carmina, who I mentioned, is actually from the Bayview. Mm-hmm. Um, so I brought her out, and um, she DJed and played, like, music that we knew the community would like while I taught a yoga class. Wow. Um, we also brought out uh, two of my friends that are Bayview Hunters Point residents as well, um, born and raised in the city, um, vegan hood chefs, the uh, healthy eating. How can we do healing through preparation? And that means prepping our food, prepping how we present ourselves, how we walk out of our houses, how we carry ourselves, all these kind of things of preparation. So um, the biggest event that week was a, a vegan hood chef uh, workshop where we wow. did three different salads that you can make with stuff from um, the local store. Um, so I, I wanted to give the community all these different tools that have helped me. Um, but also, yeah, like I want people to feel empowered to figure out what works for them. So maybe I might give you a tool and maybe it's not the exact tool you need, but hopefully it helps you to get a little further as to what you need to feel more self-sufficient and at peace with yourself. Nice. Yeah. I love that. Um, now, are you doing this event again this year <laughs> by any chance? Well, so one event that I, I, I was thinking about after I finished making my statement to you was like uh, I did a Black Boy Joy panel. So that was my week of healing through represent- representation. Mm-hmm. Um, and three boys from Baycat came and talked about their personal projects. Um, two of them are filmmakers. One of them is a music producer. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a really nice event where like I, I would definitely want that one to continue. Like That was called our Black Boy Joy panel. And I think... It wasn't just joy for them on the panel. It was joy for everybody in the space to right. celebrate their, like, black boyness and feel like, whoa, these young kids, like, these high school kids are creating documentaries and making dope beats. And, like, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, the, like, I feel like Black Boy Joy, we feel like it's limited to, like, black boys only, but why can't we celebrate that joy as well? In right. the same way that we should be rooting for our sisters, you know? So um, that's an, a series that I'd definitely like to do again. Nice. Um I think it's just unfortunately been put on the back burner a little bit because I want to 
pass this LSAT exam. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> well, after the yeah. LSAT and everything, what else can we be on the lookout from you? Oh, okay. Um, I mean, before that, you'll see actually tomorrow, uh, Friday, um, Wine and Bow Ties, I mentioned, they'll um, be featuring me for their Women's International Day. Oh, wow. Um, Women's Sound Off, we'll have our Women in Sound Off Festival in early April. Um, you'll see a lot of installation stuff for me, the stage design, um, our Women's Sound Off Market, um, our Boss Brunch will all be decorated by me um, and our team. Um, what else can you expect from me? Hopefully, keep me in your lift me lift me up in your prayers and positivity. <laughs> Hopefully, I pass this LSAT the first time. Um, so ideally, I'm in school by 2020. I'm saying that on this podcast, so y'all hold me accountable. Right, put it into um, the <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm just hoping to stay like connected with my community and hopefully like make sure my cup is filled first so I can help everybody else. You know, I think right. that's something I definitely want to mention is like, I'm able to do all this work and be this happy and loving person because I'm a little selfish, you know, like I make sure that I'm doing things that feed my soul. You know, I'm, I'm taking the time to rest when it's necessary. Well, my friends might question that, but like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing things that feed me, yes. you know? So, um, uh, yeah, I kind of want to leave uh, listeners with that for sure. That's you have to do something that, like, nourishes your body and soul. Even, uh, I know, like, when I came in, I told you, like, my phone broke or whatever. And you're like, you're just so calm about it. And it's like, I'm just excited to just be doing this interview that mm. it's just, like, Nothing else can like really kill like what I'm working on now. Yeah, and so the, it's like it's like like I was telling you, you just glow differently when you're doing something that you love. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. I can definitely uh, relate to that. So how can people get in touch with you if they would like to stay up to date with you or get updates about getting the youth involved in Bay Cat or find out about future events hosted by Women Sound Off? Yeah. So. Um, uh, let's, we can do like uh, Instagram handles. So I'm Jenny Queen, G E N N Y Q U E E N. Um, that's my personal account. Um, my disposable account is Disposable Jenny. So it's Disposable um, and then G E N N Y. Um, that's how you can find me, Genevieve. Um, and then Women Sound Off is literally just at Women Sound Off on all social platforms. Um, if you can be added to our newsletter as well, that's a really good place. If you're looking for jobs, we send out a job alert for newsletter uh, for our newsletters as well. Um, local jobs here in LA and New York. Um, so shout out to Women Sound Off for not just being this weekend celebration and festival for us to um, support women that are in different empowering industries, but also like we're trying to get people jobs. We're trying to make sure that our community feels empowered and is self-sufficient. So at Women Sound Off. Um, and then lastly, at Baycat, uh, B-A-Y-C-A-T on Instagram, um, on YouTube. If you want to watch any of our media or if you're a teacher or an educator, we have a lot of um, dope material on YouTube. That's Baycat05, B-A-Y-C-A-T as in Tom, 05. Um, we're also on Twitter and Facebook. Um you can reach our studio if you think that you need any services for an organization um, at studio at baycat.org. Um, so, yeah, and please reach out to me on my personal platforms or any of those other platforms. And if you'd like to get connected, I'd love to. A big thing that I love to do is connect people. Like, I meet a lot of people and I want to connect them to different services that I found out about, similar to you and what this podcast is about, <laughs> actually, but on a more one on one uh, level. So, please reach out to me if there's something I can help you with in the Bay Area. That's what's up. And I'm going to get all of those handles from you and make sure that I include it in the show notes so that way it's one click away for anyone who needs access to all of the references that she mentioned. Yeah. So um, I'm going to conclude the podcast on a light note by introducing three questions geared towards providing a fun call to action or takeaway for listeners. Okay. I usually call this section like the culture challenge. Uh, okay. To bring it back to the Culture check. Culture check. Culture <laughs> challenge. Sorry. Yes, to bring people back uh, to the name of the podcast. So, are you ready? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, What is one thing that you have observed that has become a common trend among people that you would like to challenge people to do or think about differently for one week? And I'll give you an example. Mm. Um, I have one person, one guest on the podcast. She said. Something she wanted to challenge people to do is stop saying, hey, you guys, or you guys, because it's like you have to be, uh, you know. 
cognizant of women. Yes, cognizant of other people that are in the room. So what is one thing that you have observed that's become a common trend among people that you would like to challenge people to do or think about differently for one week? Mm, Take care of themselves. Girl. <laughs> um, like, I want to see people take care of themselves. Like, especially I'm I'm 28 now, and I'm realizing that a lot of my homeboys have, are financially successful and, like, career successful, um, but they haven't done a lot of that, like, self-development work or been, like, reflective on who they are and their yeah. happiness and their peace. Um, so I want to challenge everybody this week to just, like, take care of yourself, um, whatever that means for you. Maybe that means taking a walk. Maybe that means getting that ice cream. Maybe that means, like... Reaching out to that that person that you you missed. Um, maybe that means writing a thank you to someone. Like, thanks for being in my corner. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just I I I challenge people to explore to find a way to take care of themselves. I love it. I definitely love it. Um, what general advice or resources can you share with us that can be useful for someone who is interested in pursuing a career within the arts? I know that um, we have been sharing lots and lots of resources throughout this podcast, but what is one last thing thing that you would like to share with everyone? Ooh, one last thing I would like to share with everybody. Um, I don't know. I think, oh gosh, one last thing I'd like to share with everybody. Hmm. Like a even it could be like a book that you just read that you want to share. Yeah, I mean, huh? Yeah, I feel stumped. Um, <laughs> I, I I just want to remind everybody to like tap into your inner peace. You know, I I don't think we understand how valuable that is. What's one um, way that they can tap into their inner breathing? I feel like breathing is a great like reset, you know, like just because somebody tells you something doesn't mean you have to respond immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, we get notifications on their phone and we feel like we have to do something immediately in that moment mm-hmm. and we don't have to respond immediately. You know, like let's take that moment to maybe it's one deep breath, maybe it's three yeah. to just calm down and think of, okay, what is the most respectful way to say this to this coworker or this auntie or this friend that I'm frustrated with Yeah, in, in a polite way? You know what I mean? So... Yeah, I guess I just want to leave people with mindfulness, breathing. Um, all these things are important to, like, yeah, just tapping into that inner peace that I keep mentioning. You know, I, I think happiness is overrated. I think peace is where it's at, you know. So, For sure. Um, I, I feel like it, it sounds corny and a little cheesy or cliche, but mm-hmm. if you really, like, take a moment to literally just deep breathe before you get into a space or an environment, like, what am I kind of setting that intention I guess you know my my, how I deal with it is like my reminder is a doorknob so I'm like okay I'm I'm touching this doorknob what am I about to get into Mm -hmm. you know kind of just checking in with myself and taking a deep breath of like okay Jenny remind yourself to be present so I guess maybe that's where I want to leave people with is being present (laughs) yeah that's that's real um and even though you say it might seem cliche I didn't realize how important just taking a breath is until last year with like uh, me moving here like my mom was like moving is a lot and I'm like no it's not I've done it before right and I had just moved so quickly here that at one point I'm like I need to like literally take a breather yeah. and I really got into like meditation and yoga and stuff and even like um, I use this app called calm religiously because it's even something on there that just it's like a, a breathing app and it gives you like daily reminders of like have you been outside? Or even something as simple as like when you eat. We're so um, attached to our phones that sometimes I could go through a whole meal and not even realize that I was looking at my phone the entire time I was yeah. eating. So yeah. it's like even just taking that breather and just detaching from the TV, the phone, or whatever it is, and just really being in tune into what you're putting into your body. Right. You know, that's even just like a check in. So. Yeah. No, the mind, I mean, that's mindfulness, you know, is what you're mentioning. And like, it's difficult for us to do, but I I, I try it in the shower. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the place where I try to exercise it the easiest. Like, okay, I'm putting the soap on this washcloth, and I'm <laughs> and I'm rubbing my body. And I know it sounds funny, but like we don't do that. You know, we're so like it's it's cool to be uh, what do they call it like um, busy, busy, but also like um, uh, the words on like the tip of my tongue, like. 
well, what is it? I'm. It's like literally on the top of my tongue. Like when you're doing two things at once, uh, multitasking. multitasking. Yes. Yeah, like it's cool to multitask. It's like, no, that's not a real It's like thing. no, yeah, like actually, you're just not fully putting effort into one thing. You know, like if you like maybe there's stuff that you'd have to do for half an hour, but if you gave yourself like 15 minutes on that one task and then fully focused on that one task mm-hmm. and then moved on to that other task, it'd probably be more beneficial to you than if you tried to do two tasks in that half an hour. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I, mindfulness. I feel like is. A really big thing that's overrated um, yeah. that we don't pay attention to, and it's yeah, it's it's so important to be present. You know, we're all working to this grind to this one day where we're gonna be successful or be married or have these things we dreamed about. But like the journey, like too many people tell you, we've all told you, we, the journey is the precious part. You yeah. know, so be present for that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, I've even that's. I've even had people where they will text me or send me emails where it's like half sentences or they didn't complete a sentence. And I'm mm-hmm. like, wait, what? Like, I think you need to slow down and, like you said, just be present. Yeah. Um, so, last question, which is a pop question. Okay. So, since this is uh, um, the Women's Empowerment Month and it's yeah. all about women, name five things that come to mind uh, for about women. Five things that come to mind about women. Yeah. Huh. And you well, have ten seconds. Okay. Well, we're strong, nurturing, intuitive, um, con- compassionate, and intelligent. Was that five? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> strong, intuitive, passionate, intelligent. Oh, I know. I said another Your past one. Ten seconds. But I had mentioned another one the first time. Have to replay it back yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can give you one more. Let me see. I mean, I think we're like savvy slash creative, you know, like mm-hmm. especially women of color, you know, like uh, you're seeing all these like local craft things pop up. But like people of color have done things crafty for years. Like if, if your grandmother couldn't afford to buy you a sweater, she knitted the sweater. If if you couldn't afford the dollhouse, like your, your dad made you the dollhouse. You know what I mean? So um, we've been crafty out of necessity for too long for us to not be savvy or know how to maneuver and be creative in this day and age girl yes preach uh well thank you thank you thank you yeah uh just today just getting to know you better and just being in this space has definitely been amazing so i appreciate you coming on to the podcast of course and that concludes the show is there anything else you want to say yeah, I mean, I think work, since working at Baycat, I've made it um, a point to, like, anytime I travel, find, like, the local version of Baycat. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you're from Chicago, so when I went to Chicago, I visited the Donda House. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of them, but... I have not. Uh, the Donda House. So Donda is Kanye West's mom. Okay. And I know he's canceled, and I, I'm, I comp- I'm in agreement <laughs> that he's canceled. Um, but um, his mom used to have a house where, like, him and his friends would all come and, like... Uh, write their lyrics and record their songs and stuff. So now it's become an organization that he started with Rhyme Fest, mm. um, where they do similar stuff to what Baycat does in Chicago. Um, really? So for your Chicago listeners, I wanted them to tap into the Donda House. If they have any questions, you guys can reach me on social media. Um, I'd love to connect you directly with the executive director. Um, she's the wife of Rhyme Fest, so um, it's definitely like a family kind of deal. Um, they're even, I know that they've even taken people to Africa the past term that they've had, um, kids in their space. So if you're in Chicago listening to Charnay's awesome podcast, then (laughs) please look into the Donda house if you're a child interested in getting into music. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I hope everybody had like their pens and paper out during this episode because we dropped so much. Yes. Yeah, definitely. So there you have it, everyone. This concludes this week's episode, and I highly encourage you to check out the show notes if you're interested in any of the things that we discussed within this episode. Oftentimes, I also include in various promo codes that different companies share with me. So I highly encourage you to check out the notes to see if there's anything that you are interested in further looking into. Also, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, please be sure to rate this podcast and subscribe so that way you can receive notifications when I release new episodes. And I really enjoyed our conversation. And I enjoyed it so much so that I actually want to circle back to some of the things that we discussed 
within this episode. Um, in particular, I know she mentioned that, you know, me even being able to chase my dream um, is a privilege. And I thought it was so funny that she mentioned that because she's right. As black people, we don't always have, you know, the cushion or the privilege to to chase the things that we're interested in because we have responsibilities or obligations that we have to attend to. And I kind of wanted to speak to that um, with being a creative because I know in the beginning of this episode, I mentioned, you know, that I'm blessed to have a job and to be able to start a new contract because <laughs> to be honest, there has been some months where I haven't had a job or there has been some months where I have been you know juggling three jobs just to make ends meet and a part of me starting this podcast not only did I want to interview people and have them share you know their journey and share resources with people but I also wanted to share authentic stories of you know how people are finding different resources that they can share with other people but also share my authentic story because oftentimes we see the the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow and the end results of people's journey and we think that it's it's instant and that's it we don't often hear you know the different things that people have to encounter before they they reach their goals or whatever and I'm sharing this because you know me personally I don't rely on my parents I don't rely on a man but you know I rely solely on my own ambition and um you know my desire to want more and to do better for myself and I don't say all of this for sympathy I say it for encouragement because even now as I speak as I am recording this podcast I'm getting over a cold and I've had to learn how to you know get up even when I don't want to and figure out how to get what it is that I need or what I want and I've learned and I'm still learning to get over feeling uncomfortable or potentially looking stupid or even being awkward and you know oftentimes I have to um, give myself pep talks or have conversations with myself and say listen um if you don't like where you're at what can you do today to start making that shift into what it is that you do want to do so I push myself to do things um when I don't feel like it but also um I push myself to check in and in my downtime, I check in and I ask myself, you know, when was the last time you drank some water? When was the last time you got at least eight hours of sleep? When was the last time you got a pedicure? Even something as simple as going to the dentist. When was the last time you made a dentist appointment? So just as much as you may be pushing yourself to be better, I encourage you all to push yourself to find happiness, to find peace and uh, to take care of yourself, which is why I love how in this episode, Genevieve spoke so much about self-care and I hope that's one of the main takeaways that you take away from this episode is to figure out your own method of self-care whether that's you know going to the gym once a week or cooking a home-cooked meal or something figure out your own method of self-care also she mentioned support she spoke on self-care and support. We are in Women's History Month and I like to call it Women Empowerment Month because you see so much um, women empowerment and women encouraging other women. And I think it's the perfect time to check in and find out how you can support or empower another woman who is close to you in your life or who is special to you in your life. And Genevieve mentioned support isn't just liking something or lying or something monetary it's being present for someone don't just support this month but every other month ahead if it's something as simple as mailing your favorite book to a friend or sending them an inspirational quote or something that uplifted you 
share it with them um, just to let them know that you're thinking of them or just you want to encourage them to get through whatever it is that they may be going through or to just you know send some words of encouragement um I oftentimes I pour into my friends by supporting their projects or sharing something that has uplifted me um, even recently, my best friend, she came in town and she gave me a book because, she you know, I, I like to read and she gave me a card. And although th- that was great, um, what I really love about my friends and this friend in particular that came in town to visit me is she supports me. Uh, she gives me fees- feedback on my podcast. And even while she was in town, she's like, hey, like, I know you've been ripping and running with work. Um, so be sure to get some rest. She made up my bed. And although it may be something simple as, you know, her making up my bed, it just shows that she, she cares and she supports me. So, um, for anyone else that is out there, um, just find a way that you can incorporate self-care into your life and to support someone who is special to you. So, That's all I have for this week. Till next time, peace, love, and everything in between. I'm out.